get the phone call or a notification there in church, it's Josh. <laughs> yes, yes. It never happens in church. I don't know. Well, that's good. <laughs> Are we recording? Oh, wait, do you go by Josh or Carlos here? Josh. He, I finally oh, got you, him. You know he's called Carlos? Yeah. Because oh, I baptized you, him. Yeah, he baptized me using my full name, Carlos Joshua. But you also it. talked about it on your first episode. You listened to it. No way. Oh, we high <laughs> Mass- massive amount of respect to Let's that. Let's go. Wow, that's super cool. All right, you recording? Welcome to Boffcast, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about everything and anything. Feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found, and we will react to it. Uh, but before I can go any further... Don't go any further. I, I, have, to, I have to introduce... I, I specifically curated something for this. I'll introduce you, you first, Kyle, and I'll introduce our guest. Okay, okay, okay. So, the man across the street from me, my best friend of right. well over 12, 12 plus years now? 15. 15 How years. How could you get that wrong? 15 years. He is the expert of editing. He is the Marine, the Marine Corps motivator, <laughs> the tricep terror, the bicep behemoth. Oh. He's the man, the myth, the smith. Kyle Spencer Smith. Oh, you didn't even hit. Oh, no redacted today. All right, whatever. Fine. And uh, we are super excited today because number we got a few reasons to be excited. Number one is our 20th episode. We never thought in a million years that we would go this far, right? We, we're at 20, 20 episodes. We just hit over a thousand downloads. Yeah. When we first made this podcast, we had the mindset that we would be excited if like one person checked out the podcast and liked it. But and now we have that one person clicking a thousand times <laughs> on every episode. Well, here's the thing: so you, so you can check out the analytics, right? And it shows you like who's listening to the podcast, right? right. A good amount of our listenership comes from Vancouver, Portland. Nice. But like we have one mess. We have one messenger. We have one listener in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right? Got thirty. Yeah. Thirty-two plays in Belgium. <laughs> We're popping off in Belgium, yeah. South, South Africa Whoa. apparently likes us. Like, it's so <laughs> random. That's so cool. Um, so you, you guys listening, you might have heard a third voice that didn't sound familiar. And i got to introduce him. The, the man to my right is... Uh, Drum roll, please. None, none other than Reverend Chris Coleman. Pastor Coleman was... Uh, he got his undergraduate at Biola. Biola University. Biola University. His Master's of Divinity at Westminster Seminary, California. That's right. He's an associate pastor at Grace URC and the planting pastor for Peace URC. That's right. He is the Duke of Divinity. <laughs> the Earl of Exposition. The Sinister Minister. That's right. The Pastor of Disaster. <laughs> These are my wrestling names. <laughs> Reverend Chris... <laughs> Coleman. <laughs> who's, was, that, who's the guy who did the intros for WWE? Oh, what's we, his name? We all know his face, but I can't remember he, his name off the top of my head. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, I gotta look him up. He's uh, where, where, where is he at? Type in WWE spokesperson. I'm like the. If you guys are familiar with Joe Rogan, I'm the the Jamie here. You're al- you're also the you're also Joe though. Okay, you can't look see. up your own. Yeah, let me do something. I'm in all caps now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Intro guy. Jim Johnston? Is that I him? No. Who reports the WWE? Adam That's Wait, weird. I look up wrestler intro guy and just shows a bunch of wrestlers. No, the guy who said, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, yes, yeah, right. Oh, uh, oh. I, oh. Uh, it's the guy right. with the white, white beard, right? No, has, I don't think he has a beard. No. 
Yeah, that guy. Michael Buffer. There you go. Mike, Michael, oh, Buffer. Michael Buffer. My that bad. Man White is, hair. I was halfway there. There you go. That yeah. man is not aged. No. <laughs> let's get like there, there's a lot of memes like he was like uh, let's get ready to crumble. He's holding a bunch of cookies. Let's get ready to bumble. <laughs> let's get ready to fumble. He's holding a bunch of footballs. Like <laughs> that's right. How many words can you ride with rumble? Yeah, there, there was like twelve, but my brain isn't big enough to come like to remember all those. So, uh, fun fact of trivia. Um, Reverend Coleman is a minister in uh, the Dutch Dutch Reformed tradition. So to celebrate, we're going to be drinking some Dutch what did pills. You get? Ooh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know you picked these up. Are these even good? I have no idea. <laughs> have you had these before, Chris? I don't think so. Maybe at some point in my life I have. So I only see bad things happen with these kind of tops. Should I be scared? No. I don't know. We're, we're experiencing this. As long this. as Josh and shake them, they should be fine. <laughs> we're experiencing this together. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I just went for it without... I'm going to do it close to the mic. Oh, oh that sounded so good! Oh. <laughs> nice. All right, from from the air. Cheers. Cheers, mates. Ting oh, we might as well. There we go. Or as the Germans say, Prost. You want a, you want a cup? Or are you good for the bottle? Sure. Take a glass. We also have... Kyle, you, you got a little something. Is it in the fridge? Is in the fridge? It, uh, I put it in that mini fridge. By the way, we just somehow we got to, we just upgraded two hundred percent. He completely forgot that we just installed uh, a TV in this room so we can. Watch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The audience doesn't know that. Yeah, and, and that's that's only fifty percent of it. The other fifty percent of it is that yes, it's on the wall, and underneath it on the wall, we ha- now have a mini fridge. For our chilled beverages. Is the mini fridge a new addition as well? It is. As wow. of today, I, I didn't even know that it was going to be here until you know, an hour ago. I, I, well done. I thought to myself, like, why not? And the 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 ad on Marketplace, or the, the listing I saw on Marketplace was just right. It was like 40. I talked them down to 30. Wait. Not you, bad. This wasn't in your own house already? You picked this no, up? No, today. Like wow. a few hours ago. Wow. <laughs> nice job, man. You didn't even tell me about that. I thought you told me about everything. We also, we also have here... Um, one of our favorite uh, bourbons, Whoa. which this you don't is... specifically have to try, but um, this has yeah, been on. Talk the, about it. Talk about it. This, this has been on the. So this is my favorite. This is just. Okay. It's a three hundred dollar bottle of Iron, Iron Smoke Rock the Barrel. It's the second rendition of it. My favorite uh, progressive metal band. Their guitarist came out with a whiskey. He's okay. a huge fan of whiskey, and this is by far the best whiskey I've ever tasted in my it, entire life. No killer, all filler. I'd say it's pretty delicious. Yeah, you, okay. you know, we don't have the same opinion on it, but obviously... Like, I think it's good. I, I think it's good. <laughs> Kyle, it's one, it's one of my favorites. I, oh, I know. This is t- top two for me ever. Um, and, yeah, I, I just had to get it one of these days, and uh, I, th- I think it was like episode uh, six or seven or eight-ish that we got it, and uh, tried it here on the podcast together. That, like, I think it was worth every single cent. Iron Smoke. Mm-hmm. All right. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm going to pour myself some. Don't feel free, man. Feel free. How, but, you, 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 want, you want some cup? Yeah. Now I mean, we, you brought it. Of course I, you I'm, want. I'm just saying. All right. Now that we got all the formalities out of the way, how has your day off been, brother man? How was my day? Yeah. So my day my day was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I woke up uh, against my will. <laughs> you, you, want, you want some, Pastor? I'll have some in a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish my girlsh. Okay. Sounds good. Kyle? Sure. Okay, so yeah, I I was woken up at uh, four thirty against my will by my workout partner, crazy guy named Kyle Henry. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then uh, so that w- that was good, and then uh, 
after the workout, I went home, took a nap. I straight up. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Um, after said nap, uh, I took Henry to get his first uh, razor fade, not razor fade, uh, skin fade. Nice. And uh, if you haven't seen his Instagram post, he's the most. Uh, this is the best photo of Henry I've ever seen. Oh, I'm sure it's the best. Yeah. So I, I didn't have this ready, so it's not going to be on the screen. But here he is uh, sitting on his uh, barber chair. Dude, that's awesome. And let me tell you, the kid was crying the entire time. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was crying. He was like oh. moving his head and stuff. So. Poor guy. The haircut couldn't have been like as good, but I, I still think it looks he looks pretty sharp. Oh man. Look at that man. The barber That's awesome. The barber Josh. Um That's his name, so Josh. Yeah. We were actually talking about crying kids today. Was I think he might have I think your son may have been a statistic. Oh <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah. Henry's great. I I had to I, I told him that uh if he could if he could stay calm for the haircut, which he didn't, uh we We'd give him uh, ice cream, which he got anyway. And of course, we don't we don't we're, we don't work under a covenant of works. There, it was a covenant of grace. So we <laughs> we, we gave him some ice cream. You're going soft, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I need to be a man of the law. Um, so Kyle, how how was your day, man? What 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 did you do today? Just straight up work, man. Just straight up work. Me, I uh, for those in the room that don't know, uh, yeah. What do you do for work? I'm a postman. Oh, nice. I'm a, I'm a mailman, yeah. I got my That's own wonderful. route uh, about a year ago. <laughs> That's it. I, I'm glad that you think it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's wonderful? <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, Ed, we don't know who's listening, okay? As, his po- as your postmaster is like, has like a <laughs> rifle to your face. I love working I love at the USPS. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, ever since COVID hit and everyone's been recovering, um, I don't think we'll... I don't know. Uh, we all... Uh, Everyone's found different jobs. So ev- now that everyone realizes they can work from home, the unemployment rate is still really low, but nobody wants to work in an office. They want to work from home. Yeah. So a lot of jobs, like millions of jobs, are still hiring, and, and every- everywhere is vacant and waiting for people to get hired, including us. So we're suffering. Um, everyone's got extra work daily. Uh, but pos- ending it on a positive note, um, it's a great job to retire at. Amazing benefits. And um, I'm trying to get the... The years that we spent in the Marine Corps together, um, right. to, to tack on to the end, so we can retire early. Oh, so nice. You can retire early. I'm not, well, I'm not working a federal you, job. You will. No, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to drive on the right side, right? I do. The right I do. side of the car. Right side of the car, and a 25 year old aluminum tin can with no AC. That's the way to do it, man. <laughs> but at least it's on the right side. <laughs> so, uh, Pastor Chris, how, how was your day today? My day was great. Yeah, we had a really good day. We did some some work around the house, and then we had a barbecue with some friends, had some bratwurst and hot dogs, and just kind of hung out and took it easy. So yeah, it was good. I feel like being yeah. a pastor um, like Joshua, uh, you're more of a... Uh, let me I'm, get I'm this. no pastor. I, let me, you died, I was putting my hand up. Don't interrupt. Yes, just okay, yet. Okay, okay. I know I'll, I'll that sounded finish. horrible. I will let you finish your thought. That sounded horrible, but you didn't let me finish. And I, you're taking... All right, so... You got to be like a, more of an uh, a bit more of an extrovert or a social butterfly uh, in your position. Am, am I? Maybe generally speaking, I'm definitely not. I am mm-hmm. not an, an extrovert at all. Yeah. My natural inclination is being introvert. You, we understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I forgot to mention. Um, I went to the the pumpkin patch with with some friends. Um, oh, was that today? 
Yeah. Um, and you so had I'm, a busy day. It's a busy day, man. I, workout, pumpkin patch. I, I forgot. Haircuts. I, I forgot how much of a workout it is. <laughs> I forgot how much of a workout it is to walk around the pumpkin patch, go through the corn maze. Um, you know, you know how, how like they have like that uh, little area for kids where they can like bounce on like bouncy things. Yeah, and it's explicitly for children. You know, I got on. Oh, you just <laughs> felt that bomb. You know, I was bouncing. Um, I I, I raced uh, one of our friends, uh, Anastasia, and she totally she totally she was playing dirty. She like pushed me off my bouncer thing. Oh, come on! And no one no one thought it was. It, it wasn't foul play. I guess there's no rules there. I'm still a little <laughs> upset about that. You sound kind of sour. I'm, I'm a little sour. Um, now, um, Pastor Coleman, I, 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 I did a little bit of digging because I want I wanted to make sure I asked you some interesting questions. He had here. a big okay. shovel, big so, shovel over here. Nice. So I, I don't have that much online. Yeah. So I, I did I did buy a big shovel. You know, I'm just buying a bunch of new things for the podcast. I guess. <laughs> so you'll you'll notice you'll notice here. I you know I just bought a TV for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But we, you can't just. That's we, right. We did. That's, thank, we did go fifty fifty on, uh-huh. on the TV. Okay. Um, but so yeah, I I bought a TV. But there's an interesting piece of trivia when it comes to TVs and and Pastor Coleman. I there heard is. that were that you, were you, 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 you had you had like, no. like a special philosophy. You and Melissa in your first year of marriage. Oh what yeah. Was that? I, I thought you were going somewhere else. That's fine. Oh, no. So we um, wait. Did we miss something better? No, nothing okay. better. Okay, okay. Um, we decided <laughs> in our first year of marriage not to have a TV for the first year, and we've actually never had a television since we've been married for over ten years. How man? How cool? And is what, that? What, what was the reasoning specifically for that first year of not having a TV? <laughs> <laughs> this is why my wife needs to be here. I don't remember. I think we just wanted. To, <laughs> I think we just wanted to try it to see how. Um, I think just like trying to like get to know each other better and spend yeah. time with each other, and not just have the the distraction of it and the ease of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changed. Like we definitely still watch stream stuff. Like with with the advent of streaming and YouTube and devices, we definitely still watch movies and TV shows, but it's not always there. It's not always available. Um, and we did we did just last year. She we bought her um, like a mini projector. Nice. And we prod, we broadcasted on the our basement wall. Is that from your phone? Uh, you it's connected to um, Chromecast. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we just so if we want to do movie night, we'll do movie night that way. But that's like how we, yeah. So yeah, we don't have a TV. We've never had a TV. Right on. That is respectable as all get out. Like I, you know, it, it's man. isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Like I remember when, when, like as a kid, and I'm sure you probably remember this as a kid too. That like, um, there really only ever was like, if you did have a TV, it was like one TV in the living room. And now, if you think about it, we got TVs everywhere. Like in, in this house alone, there's a TV in the living room, TV in the family room, TV in my room, my parents' room, a TV here now. How I many guess is you, that six? I, and I guess you could count like cell phones as TVs too, because you can wow. stream. I guess it depends how you want to look of. at it. Yeah, I think it's in, I think it's interesting how like how like media has like infiltrated many many aspects of our life. That's a huge rabbit hole we could just dive down to. But but a sur- but a surface we topic could. thing that I will mention though is you know I I'm constantly being reminded of like how addicted everyone is to their phones now. Like you like, you think like ten years ago um, or twelve I guess when we're back in high school and our parents were always telling us oh all right only half an hour of phone when you get home and that's it and then it was a really strict regimen 
and we Very. were against. We didn't think of it like this, but we were against phone addiction and we were against media addiction and stuff like that. Now it's encouraged. Now everyone's always on their phone, and now it's fine. It's, it's totally okay. Well, you don't want you don't want to tell somebody to, to like get off their phone or spend too much time on their phone because then they'll point out that you're also you also do the same thing, right? You also spend a ton of time on your phone. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's. Something you could I definitely used, dive into. I used to give you crap for that all the time in the Marine Corps. <laughs> I was like, we're so bored. We're, what else are we going to do? Uh, and then he got me into just sitting on my phone all the time, making that garage band music on his iPhone. And... Oh, man, we made the best. I wish we had saved that music. <laughs> that was so bad. Those music was so bad. So speaking <laughs> of, of music and, and, and experiencing like the same kind of music lots of times... I, I heard that there there is there is a there is a band that that you you and and your wife were really into and even Im- impulsively jumped on a plane to see a show of yes can you tell us about that band so yeah so this was I think it must have been the first year we were, it had to have been the first year we were married so we are big fans of what's well, not really a band it's an, one artist okay Sufjan Stevens if you've never uh, heard of Sufjan Stevens. And how do you spell that? S-U-F-J-A-N-J-A-A-N. There you go. Sufjan Stevens. Uh, he is a huge, like, indie folk. Yeah. So we, I was a huge fan of his before my wife and I met. And then we just, yeah, she was kind of into him. And then we just both, like, yeah, just fell in love with his stuff. And he he's put out two Christmas albums, which kind of sounds weird. <laughs> Uh, but he put out a so his second Christmas album he played in Los Angeles. We were living in L.A. at the time, mm-hmm. so we went to downtown LA, L.A. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so we saw him in in L.A. and we loved this show so much that we saw he was playing that. It was like on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, he was playing in Missoula, Montana that next Sunday. So like five days later, we found tickets online that we were like front row. So we bought them, and then we bought, we Dang. flew. <laughs> That's awesome. We That's flew so cool. to Missoula, but the only flights we could get were out of um, Oakland. I feel like he's not from the United States. He is. He was originally from Michigan, and then he lived, I think, part-time actually here in, or- in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then back to... Wow, uh, I was completely wrong. He, he was like 100 miles. What's that? Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Thanks, my man. And then... Um, He's now. I think he's now in New York. He's been in New York for a while. But anyways, so yeah. Then we flew to we flew to flew to Montana. Saw him again. Flew home the next day. Um, it was, yeah, it was a crazy whirlwind trip, but it was awesome. And we got to meet him afterwards. You did? Yeah, in Montana, we got to meet him afterwards. We got to take pictures with him. Got a signature. Did I got let, to go on stage. Did you let him know that like this was like like a super impulse? Like you guys bought a. We must have. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, but we were standing there in Montana in, it must have been December. So it was like snow everywhere wow. from Southern California. And that's a huge, that's a huge difference from oh, yeah. like, Southern Cal yep. weather. Yep. Oh, my. Josh is just getting his, uh, his dinner. So, Kyle, I might need you to take over the interview, just like ask him questions from, uh, <laughs> from the docket. Oh, oh, yeah. You know how fast I eat, dude. Oh, yeah. You can't multitask, Josh. Sure. You know what? You know, I'll, I'll ask you questions. <laughs> you can't talk. Okay. Once you start answering questions, you'll do the majority of the talking. You, you can't talk, eat, breathe, uh, and sleep all at the same time. Like, what are, <laughs> what are you doing? 
Um, so, we, you know, we, we, were, we were talking about there's like a difference in weather between uh, Montana and, and Southern California, and yep. that that's where that's where you you grew up in. Can you can you tell us a little bit about li- life in SoCal? What, what were some sure. things that really stood out to you that you enjoyed? So I grew up in Orange County. So everybody asks you where you're from. And I always say Orange County, which is really strange because nobody ever just says, like, the county they grew up in. Like, right, if you right. ask people here. I grew here, up in Clark County. Yeah, nobody no knows what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but it works. Be, it works because people know Orange County after the TV show and then the um, they had a couple reality show shows. The OC? Oh, it's actually called. Oh, the uh, wait. Uh, the Wasn't TV. that the TV show? Yeah, I've heard of that. That might have been before your guys, before your. I, I, I yeah. saw my parents watching it. That's the. Yeah, there you go. I, I've See, seen it. yep, it was a different generation. <laughs> yep. I didn't want to say that, make you feel bad. That's okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I always tell people I'm from Orange County, but so some people know what that means. But it's just easier than saying your Belinda, because nobody knows what your Belinda is. Doesn't even sound like Anyways. you're from the states. Yeah. I, yeah. I have never heard of that city. Your Belinda. You never heard of that city? Nope. Fun fact about your Belinda: that was where Richard Nixon was born. President oh, really? Richard Nixon was Yorba born Linda. there, and so his, his the presidential library was in Yorba Linda, and he he died when I was living there, and so they had they had his funeral at the library, and wow. so all the living presidents, including President I think it was President Clinton at the time, were like in the city, so I remember being on the freeway seeing the presidential limo drive oh, by on the freeway. Crazy. Wow! I wonder what what kind of Security detail that must have entailed because um, yesterday um, Biden was just yeah here. Biden was in PDX uh, I think he oh that's right yeah I think he mm-hmm. was trying to like raise uh, support for the the Oregon governor or the Oregon Democratic uh, nominee um, and there was a lot of traffic there and I, I imagine there was probably some kind of like air security oh I'm sure there is so I can't imagine when, when you have like a bunch of presidents. For yep. Richard Nixon's funeral, what kind of security detail that must have been? Wow. That yeah. must have been nuts. I wonder how many presidents were there. Um, let's see. There, might, there was four or five? Wow. Carter, Bush. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I'm not remembering now. Is, is it, you think that Junior might be there? or? Um, he wasn't even on the scene yet because mm. he was after Clinton. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, so I grew up in Yorba Linda, Orange County. It was, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good uh, place to grow up. We grew up kind of, Yorba Linda's kind of far out. Uh, we grew up on two acres. When, I, when, I, when we first moved there, the backyard was still uh, uh, cattle. There were still cows in our backyard. Uh, by the time we left, it was all, had been all developed into just, just like track what, homes. Yeah. Yep. What, wait, what are track homes? Track homes? I've never heard of that. You never heard of that? It's where like every house has like this the same facade. Oh. They just use the same design for everything. Uh, just like uh, like track homes. Or yeah, it, I guess so. Try it. Is it like the ones you? Oh, have? It's, no, it's tracked seat. Oh, like H. No, C T. Oh, tracked homes. Tracked homes. Oh, T R A C T. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Stop yelling at it. Yeah, those are tract homes. Yep. So they all look the same, right? They're oh, cookie cutters. Oh yeah. It's the it's the So pretty much like what we have in like Suburbia. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. suburbia. Okay. Exactly. Yep. 
But I mean, SoCal Suburbia is a little bit different than <laughs> Battleground. than Battleground Suburbia. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what. So that's eventually what it was uh, when we when we moved away. But yeah, it was good. We lived close to the beach. My dad took us to the beach like every during the summer. We were there all the time, playing in the beach, playing in the waves. Uh, it was beautiful. It was great. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And um, I, I, I think it's it's probably fair to say, I think amongst like among us. <laughs> I, I, I think I got you. I, I, I think when it comes Grammar to gorilla. like the. <laughs> Like the the up the upbringing of you know reformed ministers, you probably I would say you had a, you have a unique one at least compared to other ministers in our federation. Yeah. What what would probably. you say is what would you say is unique about that? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's unique that I grew up in a probably one of the largest churches in Southern California. Um, well, I don't know if it was that large locally, but it was it was had broadcast large, had large reach. Yeah. So I grew up at the Crystal Cathedral. Uh, most people don't still don't, don't know that name anymore. Um, again, it was another generation. Uh, but it, they were on. My grandpa was the pastor there at the Christ Cathedral um, on the Hour of Power. So, oh, wait till you see. Yeah, that's the Christ Cathedral. Oh. Yep. So they broadcast oh. it every every Sunday. The sh- the services were on. Is is that it? That's it. That's the new. That's what the. That's the the, the renovations. That's that one. Absolutely. I've never seen a church like that. I've that's never my even grandpa close. right there in the robe. This one right here. Yep. What? That's him. That's so cool. You yeah. can just Google that and just see your grandpa come up halfway yep. down the search. Yep. That's wow. Him. So yeah. So he was on. He was probably seen by multiple millions of people every Sunday. Uh, so that's where I grew up. Every we were there all the time. Um, so I guess that's an interesting background. So then, um, so that pipe organ, whoa, yep. They had two full-time employees just to tune and maintain the pipe organ. I I can imagine. Yeah. I don't know how many little, um, look at, look at this one right here. The one in the middle. Bending. That's an absolute oh my unit. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And if you look up in the in the very the the corners of the of the cathedral, they had these uh, they had like these trumpets that were connected to the organ, so you could play trumpets from each corner of the uh, from the cathedral. Yeah, there you go. That first picture. That's Josh. a multi million dollar organ. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yep, and so interesting. And that in tr- that picture too, Josh, behind those trees, those little ficus trees. Yes, there was. That's where that's where one of my first jobs was. Really? What yep. was that? I was an angel operator. <laughs> so there What's was. What's that entail? <laughs> so at the Crystal Cathedral, they would have two uh, pageants throughout the throughout the year. One for Easter, one for Christmas. Live animals, professional actors, stage lighting, special effects, the whole bit. Wow. Um, and they had flying angels. So they would connect these flying tracks from the top of the, the, the steel there. And then we would fly three angels out of each side of the cathedral. So six total. And uh, you could, uh, 
one there's two guys who operated each angel so one would go would move him forward and backwards and then one would go up and down so that oh, was my like people dressed as angels yeah they're act- actresses oh, 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 oh. wow yep and so they were actually there's a harness right they get they get clipped in on the side on their by their waist on both sides two wires going up and we would move them up and down fly them in and out were there like OSHA regulations for these angels? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, absolutely. So, so it's not just a service; it's a service and a performance. Well, this was separate from like the worship okay, okay, from okay, the okay. worship services. Okay. So this would be like uh, during the Christmas season and Easter season at night. Oh. So throughout okay. the week, like I think we were maybe off on Mondays. I don't remember, but yeah, Tuesday through Sunday we had probably two shows every evening. And then in addition wow. to that, Sunday mornings, they would have normal services. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the church's payroll as an angel. It was angel op- <laughs> yep, that was my first job. Angel so operator. Cool. So I, I've never seen like an episode of, of the Hour of Power. So is that just like a broadcast of like a Sunday worship service? Or? Basically. They would record them, and then they would edit, edit them. Okay. I think they were about a week or two weeks off from when you would see them live. They never, they didn't broadcast live. Okay. But yeah, basically what you, what you saw in person was what was broadcast. So I'm, I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar with just how like the worship service was. Do, do you remember like what, like the elements of worship, at least how they understood it? What, 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 what would happen in a Sunday service? It always started the same. So they'd always play Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Um, and as that opened, they would open these big glass doors that would open up to the beautiful Southern California weather, birds chirping, sun coming through the through the big 90-foot doors. 90 feet. Yep, 90-feet doors. Uh, there'd be a, a welcome, a greeting. People would say hi to one another. We'd sing a couple. There's a, a hymn we would sing. There would be special music, usually. And one of the unique things is they would they would have interview guests, kind of like this. But they would get like professional athletes or authors or politicians, people who are well known, mm-hmm. would be as, interviewed. As like a part of like the worship service. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly, and that was kind of the, their way of reaching out to non Christians and uh, having something for them to be attracted to. I guess Hear, hearing that yeah. is blowing my mind because I've never I, like so we did. Uh, we did a bit on Kenneth Copeland and and all this stuff, and re- revolving around you know mega churches and uh, prosperity preachers. And I, I'm not d- as deep into the faith as he is. Yep. So I I just I'm I'm well, yet. Y- yet yet correct. Um. So I did my my first little bit of research on prosperity preachers because I didn't know what to call them. I just knew it wasn't right. Yep. Um. And <laughs> it was really interesting diving down that hole. Um, yeah. And like so. From my point of view, what separates that um, and their money from from this and, and your experience? So I think that the difference is now looking back on it, I think is the message for for of the cathedral was not about if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be you're going to have millions of dollars and a Bentley and a private jet. That wasn't the message at all. The message. Right? So the message wasn't about pray this prayer, send us this money. It wasn't a, it wasn't a scheme mm-hmm. to try to get money out of people. The desires and the motivations were really about presenting people with a positive outlook of the Christian faith. Uh, maybe not a 
truly biblical in my estimation now, but trying to not put a stumbling block or offenses from non-Christians by using these sorts of methods and um, interviews and pageantry and stuff like that to, so that they thought that money invested in those things was, was worth bringing that message to, wow. to the people. Wow. So it's so in, it, in that ways it's different than Kenneth Copeland. My grandpa wasn't trying to like con people out of their money. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. To say yeah. if you send me this money, you're going to get a reward, or you so can you, will things into existence. He was not. It was. It was so you're saying there's a, a way to have a massive church without conning people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yep. So clearly, you. you you didn't stay in, in that in that line of thinking. At some point, there was there was a change. Can you can you remember when that change happened and, and just what it was like walking through that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, so a couple of my friends and I we were we were into apologetics. So if you're not familiar with apologetics, it's defense of the Christian faith, right? Bringing like philosophy and being intentional about what we believe, not just accepting it based on pure emotion, but being. Uh, reasoning through the scriptures, yep. and as we were reasoning through the scriptures, we came across the the, the long the long debate about between Arminians and Calvinists, mm. uh, and a couple of my friends were very attracted to the Calvinistic standpoint. My initial reaction to it was blatant opposition. <laughs> like I I spent probably nine months to a year at Biola just researching how I could refute Calvinism. Wow. Yeah. And eventually, <laughs> uh, obviously, came around to a different perspective, and saw that the the those teachings on of were based in God's word, and I had to submit my own thinking and my my will to what the word of God taught. And uh, there there was uh, there was like a special there was like a, r- a radio program that really helped helped you out in that, and uh, it's a radio program that's still active today. There is. What was that? What was that program called? It's called the White Horse Inn. So we would, my friends who were in this in this apologetics kind of nerdy apologetics group, <laughs> uh, on Sunday evening, it was broadcast live on radio before wow. before podcasting. Yep. At the same time, so we go up to my we go to my room and listen to the White Horse Inn on the radio. You and your friends in your room. Yep. So wow. thirty minutes, and then afterwards we would talk about it how our minds are blown and how we were so upset with the church we were currently attending. It wasn't the crystal cathedral at the time. Um, and so, yeah, so I was at this church and they were not too happy about me becoming a Calvinist. <laughs> That's like a general reaction when you're, like, you're in an Arminian church, you become Calvinist. It's not usually positive. It's not quick facts. There's 1,942 uh, episodes of the white horse Inn. Yeah, <laughs> it's been on the radio for I think twenty five years now. So that seems like a low number then for twenty five years. Well, that might not be all of them. Oh, true. Yeah, true. Is that your, are you looking at their podcasts? I'm just I've straight up Google. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They've they've been putting out I think almost week weekly or semi weekly for a long time. They do. I think they. I don't know if they do every week, like fifty two weeks a year. Sure. I think they I think they rebroadcast some stuff for sure. Uh but yeah, it, it's pretty regular. You're right. 1990. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they um so yeah, we so eventually one of the hosts on the White Horse Inn was Kim Riddleberger. Mm-hmm. 
And he pastored a church about five minutes from where I was living. And so we were like, and we found out he does a Wednesday night Bible study. Yeah. So my friends and I are like, well, we're just going to, we're going to go check this out. And so we went and Pastor Kim was going through Galatians, just mm-hmm. doing a, not preaching, just like explaining Galatians. Yes. And it was, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's fine, brother. Let it out. It was like hearing the gospel for the first time was just, yeah. Wow. Um, while, while you process that, that, that just, that, that, that <laughs> reminds me of like, like the first time, like I, I heard, I heard it fleshed out. Um, it was dur- during the pandemic. I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast, but it was during the pandemic and I was watching, uh, this documentary called the American gospel. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, all, for the past 10 years before hearing that, um, I was going to a church, and I, I dearly love the people in this church. I want to be careful with how I talk about, about them. And, but there, there, was a, there was a lot of preaching about how we and ourselves are enough, and, it, and there was, the preaching was about like how you can, how you can like live your life, how you can be like a better husband, how you can be a better, better worker, a better friend. Yep. And I'm not going to say that they were void of the gospel, but it wasn't explicit. And I remember when I listened to that documentary, heard that I wasn't enough, and that I was a, was a wretched sinner who could never earn my way into heaven by yep. my own works, but I needed a substitute. And I remember hearing that, and then hearing this concept that there are churches that preach that every single Sunday. And I was like, I, I don't want to hear about how I can be a better person. I don't want to hear about, about ten ways to have a better relationship. I want to hear about Christ and him crucified. That's right. And so, yeah, just hearing you say that, that just makes me yeah. reminisce to that moment. And I think that's a good point, Josh, because I don't think we, the churches I grew up in didn't reject the gospel. Yep. It's not that they didn't believe it. It was, a, the, the problem was it was assumed. Mm-hmm. It was assumed and it was never explicitly taught every week. And it was never the ground or the foundation for living a Christian life. I've heard, I've heard it explained this way. Yep. Um, I don't want to throw this person under the bus, but uh, a, a preacher in, in the organization I came from said, called, called the gospel, uh, I, I, the gospel was, the, was, like, was milk, but you eventually needed to move on to like, the meat of like, Christian living. Yeah. And I was like, and, and where, where I'm at now, um, it's the opposite. That's right. That's like Christian living. I, that, that's it's still a part of our doctrine. It's still a part of like our response and gratitude. Absolutely. But the gospel isn't just for sinners. That's it's, right. Or for unbelievers because we're all sinners. Not just for unbelievers, but it's for those who were sheep too. That's right. We all need to hear the gospel. That's right. And I mean that if you if you read any of Paul's letters, mm-hmm. that's the way he he grounds all of his we would call exhortations or his. Mm-hmm when he's calling the churches to, to do or act or believe or resist all of those imperatives, this is another thing I learned of the Whitehurst Inn was distinguishing between the imperative and the indicative. And what, what, were, what were those distinguished? Yeah, so the imperative is, if, is a command. Okay. So if I say, uh, Henry, clean your room, <laughs> that's an imperative. Right, right, right. If I say, Henry, I love you, yeah. that's an indicative. Okay. That's, that's me claiming something of how I am towards you. Okay. Something that's true. It's not, Henry doesn't have to do something to earn my love. Mm. He has my love. Yep. Um, 
So the, the problem that happens, I've seen, is all the church talks about is the imperatives. Okay. It's all commands. Yes. Or it's light commands. Mm. <laughs> it's not even really God's law. It's just a lighter version of the law. Sure. Uh, and so the distinction, Paul always grounds his commands in things that have happened, are true, and are eternally uh, true for us who are yes. in Christ. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And we could go so deep into those articles, and I would absolutely <laughs> love to. But we... we you got man. it. You keep us on point. Absolutely. Being a, this is a, I'm used to this. Our chairman of our meetings keeps us, all, keeps us always on, <laughs> on point. Um, so I like to make a motion. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to talk about classes? Uh, sure, yeah. No, so, we don't, no, you don't want to lose no, all your listeners. No, 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 no. <laughs> classes? What's that? I don't want to go to class. For, no. for, for, oh, for people who, who <laughs> don't know what classes are, is that just... Uh... I'll, make a quick, I'll make a quick break Sorry. on that. Sorry. Very, 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 another very, very fast. We, don't, we like, like our listeners to know what we're talking about. Of course. Um, so in, in the Reformed churches, there is, there is what we call uh, an order of church governance, right? So you have, like you, you have um, first of all, you have the minister, right? He's, he's an officer. We have officers. So there's a minister and there's the elders. And like their, their job, the minister, has, you know, his, his job is to remain in prayer, to, uh, to administer the word and sacrament, Catechize the kids, shepherd, shepherd the flock. Mm-hmm. Elder has similar similar roles. He's not going to preach. The, he's not necessarily going to preach the word, and and he's definitely not going to administer sacraments. Mm-hmm. But, Correct. But he's going. He's going to shepherd the flock, and he he's also going to promote Christian schooling. We understand that as, as like sun like Sunday school. Correct. Um, and so, but like together, like they make what's called a consistory. And a consistory um, is in charge of like some like the bigger decisions of of shepherding the flock, where the church is where, where a church is going to go, and and certain like executive decisions, right? And then of course you have you have deacons, and they are in charge of like mercy ministry. So they're they're um, in charge of first of all remaining in prayer. They're also in charge of um, making sure that that those who are in the body that are hurting. Um, maybe if maybe let's say you're a member, right, and you you get you get sick and you're in the, you're in the hospital. It it would or, ordinarily we would, we would hope a, a deacon would come and visit you. If you were in like if you had like a financial burden, um, the, the deacon would assess your need and and uh, give you financial relief. Now, that's what the deacons do. Mm-hmm. They're they're not part of consistory, so they don't they don't make executive decisions when it comes to the shepherding of the flock. Okay. Um so what a classis is is like is a region of of uh like a regional gathering of consistories. Right? Ah. Well, it's it's a regional gathering of delegates, delegates from, right. from each consistory. So you're not gonna send every single elder and Correct. You're you're gonna send True representatives. Uh, it could, That's right. That, could, that would be asking for trouble. It could be any. <laughs> can can it be any combination of ministers and elders? That's right. It can be two elders. It can be two ministers or a minister and an elder. That's right. Right. And so, um, I, I and one and one of our one of our deacons had had the pleasure of attending classes, not as delegates but as um, as guests. We got to, we got to observe um, the proceedings, and it's. 
Yeah, it's very very much in like like good good order. And so there's like motions made and stuff. So that's that's where that joke came from. I thought I like to make a motion to <laughs> right. to move on to the next uh, topic. So I'll second that say, motion. Okay, awesome. Any <laughs> so, any discussion? So you're saying it's it's slow. Motion and carries. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Presbyterian or Reformed listening to this, you're just kind of chuckling. I'm sure. If you're not, you're like, what are you t- what are these guys talking about? So uh, so you you became you you became Reformed. You. Um, Felt, felt a call, a call to the ministry. Yes, and um, which I'm sure we, man, we could, we could go, we could we go could. deep into that. Um, where, where, where did you end up? Because uh, we, we like our ministers. We're so not like we require our ministers to go through extensive training. We do. Where, where did you, where did you go to, uh, to get trained? To, uh, yeah, where'd you go to get trained? Yeah. So basically, I had two options. Hmm. I was. Going to, I was either going to go to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School okay. um, and study church history, or I was going to go to Westminster Seminary, California. And my pastor, Kim Riddlebarger, the same guy who uh, opened up Galatians for me, he basically said, if you ever want to go to the ministry, you need to go to Westminster. Because um, you need a pastoral uh, reference and recommendation to either, yep. either of those schools. Um, and so... I ended up going to Westminster based on Pastor Kim's recommendation. It was also really close. It's in San Diego. I grew up in Orange County, so it's about an hour and a half drive. Uh, so I could still see my family, still attend my church on the weekends, and still be um, involved in the life of the, the seminary as well. So, yeah, so I did my uh, seminary training at Westminster Seminary, California, in Escondido, um, I, I had the privilege of, of visiting visiting the seminary, um, and yeah, it's it's a beautiful facility. Um, I actually had lunch like um, I, I could see the studio where White White Horse Inn is recorded. Yeah, so I kind of geeked you, out you over saw that. that. Yeah, I could no see, way. Oh, I'd see the door. It's a White Horse Inn. <laughs> I didn't go into the studio. I, I'm sure if I asked, I I don't know if they recorded there. Oh, well, maybe, maybe, I maybe think they, they recorded in or they used to record it in L.A. Okay. Uh, but I think I don't know where they record it now, Josh. That's a good question. I'm not sure where they do that. So, but they do have offices there. That's awesome. Yeah. So we we, we then there, there there's so many things that happen in between you going to Westminster Seminary, California. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you landing in Grace Church in Portland, Oregon. Yep. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there was there a connection made at Westminster Seminary that kind of that kind of led way to finding yourself in Portland, Oregon? Yeah, so my first year at Westminster, I met a man named Steve Overman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve Overman was the vice president at Westminster. He was Dr. Godfrey's right-hand man. Mm -hmm. And I met Steve my first, must have been an orientation. I remember talking to him in the narthex of the chapel. Yeah, Um, He was asking me, I forget what he was asking me, but yeah, so I met Pastor Steve, who, who then be, I only knew him as, as Steve Overman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really know him that well, but I, you know, we crossed paths. We would smile at each other. We'd say hi to one another. But I didn't, I didn't know him that well. Um, but yeah, so then I'm living, we're living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. Before we came here. And I get a message on LinkedIn, which I don't, I don't get many. Usually you get all these spam messages from like people trying to, sell you stuff on LinkedIn or whatever. Nice. But this one said like, 
hey, do you want to talk about church planning? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So yeah, so so Pastor Steve Overman messaged me on LinkedIn. We talked on the phone, I think, a couple days later. And yeah, so they eventually extended me a call to come here to Portland, Oregon to do church planning in Vancouver, Washington. Um, so so for, for the listener, uh, Pastor, Pastor Steve... Uh, That's right. Ten years ago, he... He transitioned from being the vice president of Westminster Seminary, California, correct, to becoming to accepting a call from uh, Grace Church in Portland, mm-hmm. and then that's where that that's where that connection right. has led. And it's been ten years; we haven't scared him away yet. So. Yeah, he's been the, <laughs> he's been the pastor at Grace Church for just he just had his ten year anniversary. That's right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So we we you 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 became a church planter and. You, we start. You started holding, uh, or the the church plant started holding evening worship services. Yes, at a very interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yes, the listeners might might know what happened. That so, big thing we all went through. Well, yeah. So we had our first worship service on February second, twenty twenty, and I know that because it's two two twenty, so it's easy to remember. And that was Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. We, our service started literally, I think, 15 minutes after the kickoff of the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. So, But we had over 90 people at our first service. So good. Which That's was, amazing. Which was, it's our, it's our highest attendance so far, ever. Uh, so we did that, and I, obviously, you know, that was 2020, February. Yep. Everyone knows what happened five weeks later in March. So, yeah, we had met for five weeks, and then we had to stop meeting for worship. For, I think we the next time we had a gathering was in late May or June mm-hmm. of 2020, if I'm remembering correctly the timeline. No, that's right. That's right. Is that right? I don't know. You weren't there at that time. At that time, but that's no. from what I'm remembering in my head. So yeah, so COVID hit, and oh, he said, oh, he said it. He dropped it. He dropped the c word. That's not, right. Is oh, that no. forbidden on, on no, the podcast? No. I just like to the, make it forbidden for no so reason. We're, we're not a paid podcast yet, so we don't have all these restrictions. So you're uh, uh, no, no pun intended. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, But but yeah, by 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 God God's grace and and providence, I I found myself at uh, at Peace URC, and uh, you know we we kind of notice um, with visitors, you know, some people have just they have things they have to wrestle to. Or to consider membership, I I was just, but for for lack of better words, I, I had fully drunk the Kool Aid. I was like ready to go. I was like sign <laughs> sign me up, and uh, I'm a member now. Um, Reverend Coleman baptized both myself and Henry. Yep, we did, which was an absolute pleasure. And uh, I, I know I know we do have we do have things that we need to get to. That's okay. In our agenda, I want to respect your time. You're fine, but. Dang it, it's my podcast. <laughs> That's right. Oh my. Well, it's yours and Kyle's podcast. It's our podcast. Thank you, hey. For Okay, I'll let That's that one our, slide. That's right. It's We, we have a, uh, a shared ownership. That's right. Um, might wake up one day and uh, the TV might be gone. <laughs> Half of the TV will be gone. Half of the TV. Half of the room will be gone. Like, yeah. Well, at least you don't have Solomon to like... Yeah, you're Judge Solomon. You're like, you're like who, who you have? Half the TV or all the TV? I say you can... Split it in half. Kyle says, "We no, I'll take the whole thing." 
Okay. <laughs> so, um, if you're not familiar with what month it is, it's October, and tradition, not traditionally, but it's been it's been kind of like a trending thing lately that October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and Aww. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, I I asked I asked some people if they could share messages of just appreciation and love, and to to the congregation's uh, uh, defense, I sent this message like this morning. So I think we weren't, weren't able to get message from the whole congregation, but there were people who did respond. Um, I'm going to read the, the written ones first. I can't okay. wait to see this. This one comes from Annette Durheim. Oh, Dear Pastor Chris, I want you to know how much you are appreciated. There are many things I appreciate about you, but mostly it's your faithful preaching of the Word of God. It's very apparent that you put a lot of time studying and reading grateful for the grace of God that brought me to PCURC and to sit under your ministry. I've learned so much and look forward to learning more and more, Lord willing, in the future. May God richly bless you as you continually to faithfully serve him. You rock. This is from <laughs> uh, Chris and Carissa Sobel. Pastor Chris, we are so grateful for your ministry to us and the saints um, at PCURC in Vancouver. Thank you for your genuine and faithful care for our family. May God bless you and Keep you as you serve him. Love the Sobels, Chris, Carissa, Titus, and Aria. And then, Wonderful. let me just move this over here. That's right. You got a second screen. That's right. I'm cool. Imagine now. that. I'm cool now, man. Um, why? This is why uh, I can't <laughs> wait till like I can't it. wait till like we're 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 uh, super rich and we have um, we have somebody do all this for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. Oh, no way. That's some high quality. Uh, Happy Ministers Month. We love you. Uh, We thank you for your faithfulness uh, to the word. We thank you uh, for your faithfulness in life. We pray for continued faithfulness. Uh, We thank you for your friendship with us as well. We love you. Super thankful for you. The kids love you, too. We're so glad you're their pastor. Aww. So that was... was Two of my best friends, uh, Brian and Charlotte Vandenberg. Yo, Brian got a cut. He got a nice haircut. He got a nice haircut. Shout out to Brandon. Hello, we're recording. Hey, Pastor Chris. Hey, (laughs) we wanted to thank thank you you for all your labors. We appreciate you very much. Bye, Pastor Chris. Hey, I want to say one thing. They don't want me to say anything, but I'm going to say something after. I can't wait to hear tomorrow night. Will you please join me for evening prayer? <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah. I gotta uh, meet him. You gotta got, oh. got, 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 got get, get that. Will you please join me in evening prayer? Uh. <laughs> well, sorry to disappoint you, Doug. I won't be there tomorrow night. Oh. You can still say it in the morning. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy? Hey, Pastor Chris. Yeah. Um, this is probably weird because I'm on the screen. But I'm also to your left. He's breaking so that's probably one. weird, but whatever. <laughs> You're just going to have to sit through it. <laughs> um, happy Pastors Appreciation Month. Um, we appreciate you, especially today, but we thank you so much for your years of faithfulness, first of all, to God and to, um, to the congregation here at Peace URC as well as Grace URC. Um, so thankful that you are who God has called to help shepherd me and my son. And, um, 
we just love you very, very much and looking forward to what the future has in store. That's awesome, Josh. So as you, you as love I, how he like had the crumb and it's like, oh, uh, halfway I through, I should have crumb. Whatever, you could have gotten away with it. Nobody, nobody would have seen it. I know, but the I fact know. that <laughs> so um, I, I was just just like a special uh, token of appreciation. I got you one of my favorite bourbons, Josh. Look at this. this is, it's the month of pastors. So this is um, Jefferson's Ocean Age at Sea. Um, this one aged at sea. Yeah. So this one had a departure from Savannah, um, and it went through the Panama Canal down to the South Pacific, to Tahiti, all the way to uh, the, the Hawaiian Islands, Philippines, New Zealand, um, Australia, the Philippine Basin, and uh, yeah, this this thing has been has Josh. seen some good aging. It's one of my favorite bourbons. Thank you. That is so sweet. I love you, brother. Love you too, happy, man. Happy That's pastor's awesome. appreciation. And I know that means Thank a lot you. because he says he's tried it before, and that means that he hasn't shared it with me because I've never tried it. So <laughs> it must be good. It must be very special. It's super delicious. It, it, How did you find out about this? So uh, shout out to my my buddy Joshua Driver. Um, he he's got an like a really good uh, taste palette for different whiskeys, and bourbons, and scotches, and. Uh, he had me over, and we, we we did so we did some tasting, and uh, I must have tried like seven or eight different uh, bourbon scotches and whiskeys. That one was my favorite. No way! Wow. It, do you know uh, what price point they were at, and kind of like above? Do you, is there like a certain range? That guy's got he's got an expensive taste. Ooh. Um. He he. Well, I'm I'm really excited about this one. He he let me try uh, the dude who plays Nick Offerman. I I can't. On, on Parks and Rec. I, his name escapes me. I got you. I got you. No, no, the guy who plays Ron Swanson. His name is Nick Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who, yeah, so Nick Offerman, uh, yeah, he, he partnered with, with Lugavallen and made this delicious scotch. And uh, we, we, like, we s- smoked a New York steak. And, um, you know, he said, he told me, you need to take a bite of the steak mm-hmm. and then chase it with a sip of, of the scotch. And in his words, he said, you see that taste right there? That's how I know there's a god. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> um, so I, wa- I want to respect your time, so I'll move through these questions very quickly. Um, you got it. We, 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 in in the technical podcast terms, we call this a lightning round. Lightning round. A lightning round. A lightning, lightning round. round. Um, so uh, great Grace Church and Peace URC um, – we got something really awesome coming up uh, later on yeah. in this month, October 28th and 29th. Um, there, we're, we're, hol- we're holding a conference, and uh, Reverend Coleman, what, what, is the, what is the theme of the conference? The title of the conference is After Christendom, Christians in Politics in a Fractured World. And uh, who, who, who do we have speaking at, at this conference yeah, so the, the speaker that we've been able to secure is Dr. David Van Drunen. He was okay. one of my professors at Westminster Seminary, California. Uh, I think Dr. Van Drunen is the author of 12 books, if I remember it correctly. So he, Dr. Van Drunen, uh, he, he was one of my systematic theology professors. Okay. So he taught um, a lot of the systematics uh, classes, but he also taught the class on ethics, so okay. Christian ethics. Um, and that is kind of where he has his niche, his like 
is his sweet spot is how we apply uh, the law and ethics in, in modern society. And it's the, the way it's, it's taught, at least in confessional classic reformed churches, at, at least maybe with, with like, um, like, a West, like a Westminster, California influence, uh, is pretty, pretty uh, different from a, a, a lot of uh, yes. a, a lot of uh, fields of thought in, in Christian in, um, evangelicalism. Um, and so I guess, yeah, this, this question I have, um, what, what is, what is, what is like the classic reformed approach to, to civil government? Like how, how do we relate to civil, civil government and, and, and our, and our ethics? Um, I'll, I'll just leave that open ended question. Sure. You, you can take that wherever you want. Yeah. So this is actually something, and maybe something interesting that might, uh, interest pe- people to come and listen to Dr. Van Druden, because this is, I think this is one area where we actually might be more critical of our reform forefathers in this area is that they might not have gone far enough in, a, in understanding, um, the difference between the church and the state, because the reformers were working in coming after thousands of years, mm-hmm. literally thousands of years of the West, of Europe being Christian. Everyone was Christian. And that this is what they called Christendom, yep. right? It is, it was, so the, the king was a Christian, the princes were Christian, everybody had the same religion, yep. basically. Yep. And the reformers had grown up in that, they were swimming in that. So this is something that they were not as clear on as they probably could or should have been. So there right. is, there is some, this is maybe one place where we might say, uh, that the church needed further reformation after the reformers on some of these topics. But basically what we would say is that, uh, God has instituted, uh, Christ is the ruler of all things, right? He tells us that at the end of Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Yep. Jesus is the king. How does he exercise that authority? Well, principally, we see him exercising it in his church. Yes. In, in, through apostles, through prophets, evangelists, pastors, shepherds, and teachers. That's Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, but but if if that's true, principally he he administers salvation and the gospel and bringing sinners into the kingdom. He does that primarily through the church. Ordinarily, would say that's yep. right. Correctly, ordinarily, that's a good way to put it. But Christ is also king over the non-Christian, over the Muslim, mm-hmm. over the pagan. Um, he's also king over Joe Biden. America is a nation, and he's also yep. the king over uh, King Charles. In England, he's king over everything. So, how does he exercise his kingship in those areas? We would say a big word called providence. Mm-hmm. He uses his common grace to rule um, everything as he provides um, good things for all peoples. Yep. yep. Not salvation. But he still provides good things. Even a term as 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 simple as common grace. What what can that? What does common grace mean? Common grace. Jesus says that he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So the fact that my my non Christian neighbor can experience the blessings of living in a in a free society 
uh, where they don't have to worry about uh, people stealing from them, where basically justice is kind of enforced, basically. Mm-hmm. Some people might disagree with that based on how what's happened in sure. the greater Portland area in the last two or three years. That's, sure. that's a side topic. Yes. But generally, the, the, the police don't discriminate between Christians and non-Christians. Sure. We would say that's common. That's one example of common grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, common grace is good whiskey. Common grace yep. is pipe tobacco. Common grace is, uh, it's indiscriminate. That's right. All, all peoples can, can derive blessings from, we would say, directly from God. And it's common because it doesn't save them. Right, right. He has a special particular grace that he, that he gives when he sends the Holy Spirit and he gives new life and he imparts the blessings of the gospel. That's still grace, but it's a special, particular grace to his elect. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I've I've heard um, this, this approach of of God uh, re- reigning reigning through two different spheres, as it were. Sure, you have one sphere being the church, one sphere being the the magistrate or civil government. Um, that 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 term has has uh, has been shortened to. Uh, I've heard it called like the two kingdoms approach. Yes. And that's kind of Dr. Van Drunen's specialty. Or right. one of the special fields of. Uh, yeah, he wrote a book on it. <laughs> He's actually wrote a couple books on it. Uh, <laughs> but his most popular book is called Living in God's Two Kingdoms. Uh, the, the word, the phrase two kingdoms has become a little uh, pejorative in some of our circles. Sure. Maybe unnecessarily so. Um but I think it's a helpful distinction. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely heard two. Uh, I've heard some passionate things about two kingdoms on yes. on that that uh, that charitable uh, social network Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, and by the way, pejorative means expressing contempt or disapproval. Because I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Thank you. There you go. We're learning today. <laughs> um, classes, pejorative. Classes, pejorative. I got you guys. Tracked. That's right. <laughs> uh, so when we're, we're, we're so that that's uh, an approach to civil government. One that's kind of been rising in the quote-unquote reform circles. Of course, we we can. Have later on discussions on whether or not we would call like someone in, like a like a quote unquote reformed Baptist reformed or sure. whatever or what have you. Um, but there's a there's like another field of thought that's kind kind of rising and and I w- I would argue that's to to the detriment of the of the reformed uh, yeah circles called theonomy. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't know about theonomy, uh, how, how would you summarize like that that approach to civil government? Yeah. So basically. The word theonomy is a, is a conglomeration of two words, theos, which is the was God, God, and onomy, which is the word for law. Mm-hmm. So God's law. Yeah. How do we apply God's law? Uh, tr- traditionally, we've we've distinguished in God's law three types of law. Mm-hmm. There's the moral law, which is summarized in the Ten Commandments. The moral law is a is is uh, binds every single image bearer for all time. From Adam till the last person who's ever born. That's right. The the ten and we say that's summarized in the Ten Commandments. That's right. And it reflects God's perfect nature, his moral goodness, his truth, his beauty, his love is summarized in the Ten Commandments. Yep. So it's abiding all the time, mm-hmm. everywhere. 
We also distinguish in the Old Testament, uh, and this is specifically Old Testament law, right? Right, Mosaic, the the law of Moses. But there's also a law for the ceremonies. So all of the the things with the tabernacle, the lampstands, the the altars, the blood, the the slain, the the offerings of wheat, of drinks, of uh, all that stuff is ceremonial. And then there's also the we would say the civil or the judicial law. Yes. And those are laws that determine basic justice in society. Yep. So we we make those those distinctions: moral, civil, and ceremonial. Yep. Right. And so we say that with the coming of Christ, the the civil and the ceremonial are fulfilled in Christ, and therefore no longer binding on people or on Christians. Okay. Theonomy wants to say that the civil law of Old Testament Israel is still, should still be binding in exhaustive detail throughout society. And, and that, that, that practically has, has shown itself in this uh, almost like a desire for the... the the ap- application of that civil law and for the desire of like the punishments that's right for for those civil laws yes and some punishments are like incredibly incredibly severe and we'd probably all be stoned well it's interesting so tomorrow morning i'm preaching on uh exodus 35 hmm. and exodus 35 3 if i'm quoting it right is anyone who does not observe the sabbath is to be killed yep so anyone who breaks the sabbath is killed so that means if you do any sort of work on on a on a Saturday, NFL's doomed. <laughs> wow, well, let's talk about what. That's assuming that Sundays are the now the Sabbath, Josh. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> there's people. But, yeah, yeah. There's arguments on like when is. The but Sabbath. you're right. Yeah. So yeah. how do we? But if we're if if the theonomist is going to apply that and be consistent, how many of the theonomists should still be alive, mm-hmm. right? And who's going to enforce that? Yep. Is the church going to enforce that? Is is the the governor of Idaho or Washington or is the local police department going to enforce that? Like, how, so, so this is where it gets really problematic. Hmm. Is how you apply and put these things into place if you're going to be consistent with saying that the moral or that the sorry that the civil law is still abiding. So right, so right. that's a huge point in which. Theonomy breaks in a way. I would say so. I'm not sure exactly how they would how they would counter that. I don't know what they would say. I would love to hear what they would say. Yeah, I would too. Honestly, um, they might say, "Well, that's one part where it's not because they say exhaustive detail." So. Sure, there's like there's like, this, there's like distinctives on, on like levels of theonomy. Correct. What, what I what I understand. Correct. Yeah, and 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 to be clear, the the kind of new theonomy is maybe not as strict as maybe some of the traditional theonomists would say it is. Sure, um, their basic agenda is to kind of take broad aspects of the civil law related to uh, male and female roles in the society. Okay, um, education, um, all these particular things. That maybe not necessarily, we're not just going to stone um, homosexuals, those sure. types of things, which is clearly part of the civil law yep. for Old Testament Israel. Yep. Um, 
So yeah, there that that's that's one one approach that I, I think has been to like the detriment of Christendom. Another another approach is that we we hear the the buzz phrase Christian nationalism. Yeah. Um, what what are some of the differences you would say between like, like a Christian na- nationalist approach to like sure. civil government versus like a like a two kingdoms approach? Sure. Yeah, I, I was just reading a an article. I think it was in the AP. I think they polled, I forget what it is, but I think 60% of Christians believe that America was, is a Christian nation or was founded as a Christian nation. Christian nationalism basically says that the United States of America has a special um, relationship with God. Almost, almost, like, almost like covenant level. Yeah, and some of, our, some of the theonomists might actually say that the the state needs to be in covenant with God for it to be for it to be um, uh, true or living out to its fullest. Sure, sure. Christian nationalism, I, it 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 draws too many. It's too confused on where the church ends and where the state ends. Okay. And I think it puts too much hope in politics and in political maneuvering and in things that are basically not going to last. Mm. Um, they're, they're assuming that they're going to work together perfectly. Yeah, or that, the, or that, that God is on their side, right? And it's, and 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 that, and this this thought could could probably be a whole another episode, and we'd we'd love to have you on again sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> talk, oh talk my about goodness. These things. Yes. Um, sure. Yes. But that that comes from uh, a a view a view on the on the end times that that is uh concerned concerned with like god bringing this like whole new level of prosperity to israel a whole new level of prosperity to america correct by their relationship to israel and it, it's really formatted in its own weird way um a weird oh just just weird weird uh I'll just stop there. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's format. It's format. Okay. I, I got the thought. It's format. How people think, um, that the civil government should, uh, right. Apply certain, uh, ideas. Right. And I think the, the problem with Christian nationalism, I guess in my, from as a minister, as a pastor is putting so much hope in political maneuvering and political candidates and confusing the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did to save sinners with a particular political party, with a particular political movement, mm-hmm. and saying, um, "Yeah, it, it's just confusing and it's not, it's not helpful." Um, so, I guess from a reform perspective, we would say, "Well, a traditional uh, distinction we would make is that are politics good? Sure." Are they helpful? Yes, we need to be governed. Yep. Right? Paul says that. We need civil government. Without civil government, you have anarchy. Anarchy is not, is not God's design for his, for his world. Um, you need civil government to maintain justice. Yes. Romans 13, uh, the, the, the God has given the magistrate the sword to inflict strict justice. That's right. That's what he's called to do. And we, we hope that that's what our magistrates do. We don't want our magistrates killing people if they don't convert to Christ. That's right, and that's one thing. That, that's one thing that really attracted me when I started visiting PCRC, like during the during the pa- the pastoral prayer. 
I, I remember hearing you like praying for those those in office. That's right. Well, Paul tells Timothy we are called to do that. Mm-hmm. We must pray for those in authority. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we pray for the president by name, mm-hmm. even though I might not have voted for Joe Biden or I don't really like Joe Biden's policies. Sure, sure. We still pray for him. That's right. We should still pray for him because Paul Paul submitted to to Nero. Yep. I'm and, guessing Paul would have prayed for Nero because he instructed Timothy to pray for the emperor. And Nero was an intense persecutor of the church. Yeah, if you guys, if if, if we think like COVID and and Biden and or living here in Washington, Governor Inslee was oppressive during COVID. Nobody was burning. Nobody was burning Christians to light the streets of of uh, Olympia, Washington. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing Nero would that's do. That's what Nero was doing. No, yep. I... Yeah. So. If Paul can say that about Nero, I think I can pray for Governor Inslee. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's some perspective. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you, we're, one, one, of, one of the reasons why I think is it's, it's, this is going to be a exciting and helpful conference. Um, yes. That 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 we're that our churches are hosting is because it's it's a refreshing approach to civil government. It's it's different. Um, there, there's a lot of like a theonomic influence in like the reformed community yes. in Vancouver, which would be part of a whole other podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but all, all that, all that to say, I, I highly encourage you um, if you're free October 28th and 29th to go to, I am so sorry guys. Let me you, want me to, you want me to, you got it. Okay. Grace United reformed church.org. And you can register for uh, the conference there, October 28th and 29th. It is a free conference. We just completely we, free, completely free. So we we just we want you if you want to come, please RSVP. It kind kind of helps those who are organizing um, anticipate numbers and, and stuff like that. Um, can you put links in the description? I will gladly put links. There we go. Absolutely, links Link will be in the, in the show notes. Um, show notes. Sorry, that's right. And. Uh, so um, I, I want I want to get to these really quick. Uh, so I, I I asked on on Instagram, you know, what what what, what would you like to ask a reformed pastor? Oh, so we got we got two we got two questions. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, so the first question is: Is there any point in your in your ministry where you considered a a, a different religion approach, <laughs> or like maybe maybe like? Question Christianity and found another religion attractive. I don't know if I would ever say I would found another religion attractive. Mm-hmm. There has definitely been times in my own personal life where I've struggled with basic tenets of the Christian faith. Sure. Um, I don't know if that's as a reformed pastor I went through those, but definitely in my journey as a Christian, mm. I went through questioning even the existence of, of a God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as a reformed pastor, I would say no. Uh, I think maybe the, the, the more real temptation is just to be apathetic sure. or to be, um, yeah, to not take my faith as seriously as I should. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember for me, uh, we're, we're talking about like, like, like ten, tenets of the, of the Christian faith that that were hard to to process. Yeah, I I, I have one that I'll, I'll just shell out super quick. And w- what what hope I found there? 
So I, what, one of the things I struggled with is like, how can we absolutely know like what happens after death? We have no, we have no way of like recording that. We have no way of like, of, um, of research, re- researching that. No one's come back dead and said, Hey, this is what happens. Right. Right. But then I, I look to the physical reality of Christ's death and resurrection. That's right. And I understand that that is something that happened here in phys- physical space and time. It's right. an indisputable fact that he died and rose from the dead. Yes. We have extensive recording of it. Yep. There, there, there's no, no one has an excuse to say this did not happen. That's right. Um, and if we know that he, he, he is our federal head, we are, we are buried with Christ, his benefits are applied to us, and if he tells us that there will be a resurrection, and that there, there, is, a, there is a hope if your hope is in Christ, that, that is where those worries settled. That's right. doesn't mean that every once in a while I'll, I'll think that, like, I'll have those thoughts come back. Sure. But it's, it's my, my reliance on, like, the physical reality of Christ's death and resurrection that does that for me. That's right. Um, so an, another question. Uh, one thing that's been hot in, in today's culture, um, there's been, like, a Netflix documentary on, on Jeffrey Dahmer. And really? Yeah, there's, there's like a new a new documentary. Um, well, it's not sarcasm. Yeah, yes, there is. It's like, it's like a docu. Wow. It's like a docu yeah. series. I've okay. I've not watched it yet. Mostly because I just don't have the time. Um, <clears throat> Lazy. But but you know I I did just because it, it was like get, getting popular in, in culture. I, I did go to the Wikipedia page and kind of like lightly brush up on the story. <laughs> Oddly enough, while I was having lunch with my mom. And like, just the thing you want to be scrolling is Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> while you're. I, I had to like disassociate from the conversation for like a few minutes because like, like the, the things I read just kept. Had you being, ever heard of him before? I've heard of I, I've known I've heard of like jokes and memes of him like being yeah. like the guy who like eats people, right? But like, I was like just reading like the facts of what happened. Insane, absolutely crazy, right? Yeah, um, I, I yeah, absolutely, um. And then I, I saw a, an interesting interview. Maybe I'll, I'll send it to you guys. You guys can watch it on your own time. Um, it was an interview that somebody somebody had made with, with the pastor who uh, was called on to baptize Jeffrey Dahmer. Really? He, he, he went through a conversion experience. Uh, oh, while he was in prison. While he was in prison. That's and right. There's video of him like accepting complete accountability of his sin, acknowledging his, his broken state, and acknowledging responsibility for everything he had done and yeah. his faith in Christ. And the the pastor uh, can can remember like how his response was and and how he felt when he got the call. Yeah. So, I guess like like what what would your response be if you if you got a call <laughs> from yeah. like from like a prison prison chaplain for whatever reason the circumstances are, are have brought their way to you and, and they said they, they have asked if if you would counsel this man and he, he wants to get baptized, what, 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 what would be your reaction to something like that? I think initially my reaction, I think this is kind of my pessimism. Sure. Sure. <laughs> is to want to ask more questions. Absolutely. Is to want to talk to this person and ask them to, to really identify and see if their faith is genuine. Um, that's part of our job as, as ministers and elders, you were kind of explaining those a little bit ago, Josh is, mm-hmm. When we we hope people make what we call a credible profession of faith, so that based on all that we can see from talking, asking particular questions, does this person really 
believe and trust that Christ saved them for their uh, saved them from their sins. That's right. So yeah, I think I'd want to. I think initially maybe the response would be hopeful, but also wanting to get more information. And that was that pastor's response. He said, "Well, first of all, I I, I don't know what this man understands, right? When, as far as like what baptism is, exactly. And um, I I just want want to get to know him and like see see where he's at. Yep. Um, that that ordinarily because like ordinarily we would want baptism to happen within like the confines of first of all approval from consistory. That's right. Um." And we we'd want that to happen in in the presence of the congregation in yes. a worship service, right? Um, be, being that, that those circumstances are different, how how would you approach something like that? Well, if, in, I think in Dahmer's case, he was life in, or he was on death row. He had he died on death row. He yeah he, he had, died on death row. Yeah, he was sentenced, I think, to a total of like six hundred ninety years. In prison. Yeah, so he, he was not getting so out. he was on yeah basically life in life in prison. Yeah. Um, this, so this person's never going to be a member of a local church. Yep. They're never going to be able to attend a church that, like, most people would. And, and yeah, be properly shepherded. That's right. <laughs> so how how can we shepherd someone who's who's in prison? Well, there are certain prison ministries that are particularly related to that. But if my elders, right, were yep. okay with it, and I had to presented to them what I know about this man, maybe even took an elder to go meet with him in prison— we heard his his statement of faith. If my elders were okay with with me ba- baptizing him, I think that would be. I, I think I'd be totally okay with that. Sure. Based on my elders giving me the the go ahead to do that, and I think you could even have a member in your church living in prison. Wow. I think right. They could be a member. They That's might right. not be able to like attend worship, but you could still shepherd them. They could still be a That's member right. of the church. Um. Even I guess even someone on death row, absentee ballots for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like they wouldn't be able to attend worship on Sundays. But like you yeah. could go visit them, you could call, you could write them letters. They could call you. Like there's there's ways you could continue to shepherd them. I think in a meaningful way, um, and maybe and that's what maybe these guys need. Yeah, like I mean, prison's no joke. So. I've I've listened to a lot of crime documentaries lately. A that's lot. that's your jam. Well, hold on. Yeah, it is. It is my jam. I'm sorry that you're gonna say something dumb. No, uh, <laughs> I respect you, man. Uh, thank you, you. Thank you. It, it's super cool. Um, one of the uh, one of the reoccurring themes with serial killers is that they have one of the most broken childhoods imaginable. Yes. Um, John Wayne Gacy Jr. You're yes. familiar with him? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it, all of them have parents that are broken, it, and and not yeah. just split, but even worse, they stay together and and lash out against their children. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just after listening to my 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 twentieth or thirtieth tale, um, on some of the the most most brutal cases, it's it's pretty interesting to hear that. And, and right, <laughs> they know they can kind of generalize. Like the the psych the psychotic case or psychological state of serial killers, right, right. All of them come from broken homes, mm-hmm. where they're either abused or have seen trauma or have been experienced like terrible things at a young age. Yep. And we know that these what they call aces, 
these traumatic experiences, especially at a young age. This is a great thing. Yep. They, I love that. They, they literally physiologically change the brains of children. Yep. Yep. Really? They've done brain scans of kids who have experienced trauma, mm-hmm. and they've done brain scans of kids who have not experienced trauma, mm-hmm. and they're physiologically different. Wow. I, be- I believe it. And it's so like, how do we... So it, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't surprise me that like a, 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 having a background or a, a childhood where you're seeing terrible things mm-hmm. is going to have an impact on you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Crazy. And uh, maybe, maybe that's, that's something I could dive into in like a future podcast, like, like, ACE, like ACE, ACE scores. Mm-hmm. But um, What does ACE stand for again? I forget. ACE, I think it stands for... Uh, it's a I'm going to need you to look that up, man. Look up ACE's mental health, and that'll, that'll give you the... Uh, ACE? ACE's. Well, ACE's. Um... <laughs> it's like an ACE evaluation. Of... Everyone, everyone wants to give the definition of it. Um, a score meaning I have ACE's acronym. A scores. Parallel. Yeah, it just gives uh, it gives definition of definitions of what ACE means, not the actual acronym meaning. I spell acronym Acorn M. ACEs is oh wow! I should know this. I've heard this so many times. Thank uh, you. That was one thing my previous pastor um was really bought into and, and I think it was for it was for the benefit of our of our congregation's health. Mm-hmm. Adverse childhood experiences. There you ah. go. Are potentially traumatic events that occur in childhood. ACEs can include violence, abuse, and growing up in a family with mental health or substance use problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toxic stress from ACEs, like Pastor said, can change brain development and affect how the body responds to stress. And um, yep. so, yeah, aces, I think, goes to like different categories. Yep. And um, the more aces you've seen, yep. the more or experienced, the more of effect it has on you long term. The higher, the higher your score is. That's right. Um, one thing that I found was encouraging from, from an aces study that, that I had read is that healthy relationships with adults. Yep. Can lower lower your ACEs score absolutely, and it can forever change the trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that that's that's why we were so we were so uh, bought into the mentoring of these young souls. Yep. And th- and let me say, interject real quick. I I think you and I, Carlos, Josh, are both really blessed to have. We have low ACEs scores. We uh, absolutely yeah we have. We, and I, and, and I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we can promise, I think. Guarantee you. Yeah, low We have school. Our parents yeah. have stayed together. I'd say like most of my friends have split parents. In this day and age, mm-hmm. there's like a 50% chance of divorce. Right. And so I find myself extremely blessed and, and see uh, how well his family's doing and, mm-hmm. and know that we've been nurtured in a, uh, a, a really positive childhood. That's right. And it, sorry, can I one? Please, please. So we have. I love this. We talked about. Right, we talk so much in the, in Christian circles about abortion and all those lives that have been murdered. Right, we do all agree on that. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But how many other lives are there right now that are living, mm. who are alive, who have suffered multiple aces, and are living in group homes or are living in social workers' offices, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't talk about it. 
Right. We don't care about those lives. It's 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 an uncomfortable truth to uh, re- to to confront, but it's it's one that we need we need to care about. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah, man. I could I, I could talk <laughs> I could talk about about this for for hours. Right. Um, right. It, and th- again, like I said, I, I I can say positive things about the church I used to go to, and that was like one of the emphasis was uh, was um, interacting with troubled youth. Yep. Um, so I th- on, on something a little more lighthearted, and this 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 will take us towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, so I recently um, have been on this like nostalgic trip because you know I I grew up uh, ev- evangelical. As did as did you, Reverend Coleman, and, and sure. as, as did uh, Kyle. Correct. And um, I stumbled across this playlist that has I don't know if, <laughs> if you grew up Christian, you know about the Wow CDs. The Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. sure. Yeah, it had like yep. all like the hits. Sure. Right. So I I, w- I want to to play a couple of a couple of these. Oh yeah. And uh, see uh, see if if you like like if you recognized. Any, any of them. Do we have like a buzzer or like a cowbell or something? Um, <laughs> we're not Huddlecast. We don't have cowbells. <laughs> it was actually really cool. Uh, Kyle, you you sent a question to Huddlecast. I did about like audio oh. production, and they got they got back to us pretty quick. Nice. And it was it was pretty cool. Shout out. Shout out to Huddlecast. Hashtag Huddlecast. I'm, I'm doing my toe in, not by asking religion the, the 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 core topic of what they talk about. I was like. So your voice sounds really nice. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going I'm to play that song, and, and I want to see if you either know like the title or maybe the artist. Okay. I have no idea. Okay, yeah, this what is a little is more that jo- That's Gravity by uh, Delirious. Oh, Delirious. Okay, let's see. I wonder if you would know. Uh, so I was in youth group in like the nineties. Okay, so I'll play. So like, you might have to go back. So I don't know any. Farther of, back. I don't know any of these, but maybe you'd recognize them. <laughs> okay, stab in the dark. So we'll just see. <laughs> I have no idea. This is uh, Into Jesus by uh, DC Talk. Oh, DC, DC Talk. Yeah, Talk. DC Talk. DC Talk's biggest one was Jesus Freak. Jesus Freak. Um, that was his next one. You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, where, where were you in like 2001, 2002? Were you reformed yet? Or no, I wasn't. You were still in, okay. So I'll play songs from that era. Okay. Because I see what I I'll see what I might remember. Okay, let's see here. Got a plays Wonderwall. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna skip the intro. Here. I know the song. Um, that was that was my that was my childhood right there. That, that, that song right there was like 
I, I would get an adrenaline rush. I start like moshing at the car. I'd be like, oh, yeah, "Mom, turn it up! Turn, you know, turn it to 11. You know, it was it was so sweet. Um, actually, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, let's see here. I'm trying, I'm trying to. You, you got to end with one that he knows. Come on. I'll, I'm going to find it. Uh, I know you can do it. I believe. I'm not representing very well, Josh. <laughs> Sound familiar? A little bit. You can say no. Make him feel bad. It's okay. I got no problem. This is, by, by the way, definitely not being monetized. What <laughs> <laughs> you sh- you should have found the choruses. Everyone knows the choruses. You're Everyone, playing the intro. Yeah, nobody knows the intros. No one wants to remember the intros. The chorus. The thing is, like, Spot Spotify doesn't like. Okay, everybody. I'm confident you'll know this one, Pastor. Okay. Oh, okay. That's all right, all right. Here we right. go. See, and now I'm going to look like a fool. <laughs> oh, no. This... Oh, no. You always know the title, but does this sound, does this sound familiar? Yes. Again, you're playing the intro. I didn't know the song in the intro yesterday either. Newsboys, yeah, okay, yep, yep. Okay, so there there is one here that I know. But you just said that with the la- no, no, no. I I I was semi confident. My this confidence guy. is like slowly shrinking. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm like I'm like not a very good evangelical. Well, see, the the, the great the, that's exactly it. That's exactly right, it. you're, you're right. a reformed pastor. Same. So this is this is great. Um, <laughs> uh, let's is see this here. from? Are these all from the Wow? They're all from well. Okay. Um, so let's see. Trying to find the chorus. This, this is it by year? It is by year. Um, what's, diff- what's different between like this and like the mobile app is that uh, <laughs> it's not the mobile app. So you can like <laughs> you can like search you can like search like via. Um, you can search through the playlist on your mobile app. Oh, uh, right. You cannot search through the playlist. Um, uh, on are you using the app on your phone? I'm, or I'm on your computer. I'm just on the computer. You're on desktop. Okay. So yeah. actually, let me super quick, super quick. It's okay. I can cu- I can cut dead space. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, uh, as long as you hit this on a, a good song. There, there is no physical way Pastor Coleman does not know this. <laughs> I will be I will be disappointed and. and uh, Terminate my uh, membership. I've, I've already, I've already, oh, dis- no. I've already disappointed oh. you. Oh, he's getting serious <laughs> now. I've already disappointed you. No, you. I, I, I have confidence. He's gonna know this one. The chorus, Josh. He's gonna know. There's no vocals. I just wait. I know who this is. You want me to say it? Sure. Supertones. Oh. That's right. OC Supertones. Yes. Little Man. That's right. <laughs> Come on. Well, um, beautiful. That, that, that's all we got for today. Uh, what was that? Like a one out of six? Uh, I know. Was like a, <laughs> I would a, not be good on game shows. F minus, well, minus, minus, minus. I will minus. say this. like at, that, that gives me a lot of confidence as a reformed member that my pastor doesn't know evangelical songs. <laughs> <laughs> you just weren't playing the right ones. I wasn't playing the right ones. That's right. Um, 
So yeah, this this was just it was an absolute joy to have you on. It was a joy to be here. You are welcomed anytime. Seriously, anytime. anytime. Um, yeah, you, you can you can follow uh, Peace Peace URC um, on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can come to church on you can on uh, on morning or evening worship. We have morning worship at ten a.m. followed by Sunday school, as well as evening worship at. Uh, 5, 5 p.m. That's 5 right. p.m. Yep. PCURC.com. PCURC.com. Um, once again, that conference link is going to be in the show notes, graceunitedreformchurch.com. Please register. We'd love to see you there and just hear a classical reformed approach that's refreshing to, to hear. And Dr. Van Druden is just great to listen to. Um, you can find Kyle and I at Boffcast. Correct. And um, yeah, we're, we're just, we're excited. We, we're hoping to... Uh, to start start a Patreon soon. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you were going to say like you can follow PCRC at Boffcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we but, all it's just a joke, reoccurring joke. We always it's that's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, until next time. Peace, peace love, and, and chicken, chicken grease. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs>